0: It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important story.
1: First of all, the student loan bailout. There's something inherently immoral about it.
0: The latest in politics and world affairs.
1: I think education has been hijacked a number of years. has kind of dissed people that work with their hands.
0: Today's current opinions and ideas.
1: Gosh, we should have been teaching kids kindergarten through high school about return on investment. If you're going to take on this debt, what is your ROI?
0: Is it freedom? Or is it force? Let's have a conversation.
1: Indeed, let's have a conversation. And welcome to the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, valued. You have purpose. Today, strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. Thank you to the team I work with, Producer Steve, Producer Luke, Zach, Zach, Patty, Keith, Charlie, Echo, and all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy Wednesday, Producer Steve.
2: Uh, Let's see, wonderful, wacky weather Wednesday.
1: It is, yes. Another one of those life-giving snows that we're getting right now. Yes. And I'm very grateful for that because uh, we definitely need that. And when we're in the middle of summer, we will be thinking ah, that wasn't so bad to shovel those walks that day because we needed the snow. So check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot com. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice as we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And my friends, it's never compassionate to take other people's stuff, whether or not it's their rights or their property or their livelihood, their lives. It's um, opportunity. It's just uh, uh, force is never a good idea. And we see, of course, weapons. But now it's policy and unpredictable and excessive taxation, fear, coercion, government-induced inflation. And the World Economic Forum is meeting right now as we speak, and they have an agenda, these elites. And it's never okay to take take other people's stuff via force. Yeah. But uh, Steve, I think you wanted to jump in on the, shoveling these walks. Uh, you have a, a north-facing house, right? Yeah. The,
2: probably the biggest mistake I made almost 40 years ago buying that house. and never gave it a thought because, you know, we were looking at it in April, and right. you know, the uh, the the transaction went down in April, and didn't think about it until. Was it November or December? It's like, oh, my gosh, this house faces north.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And it was just by pure luck that uh, I bought a south-facing house. So, um, yes, south-facing houses in Colorado are a super good idea, particularly in the middle of the winter. That's a
2: good example of your uh, upbeat uh, personality. You're thinking about, well, in this summer we'll we'll be... how did you just say that? In the summer, we'll be thinking about. Oh, yeah, it wasn't such a big deal to uh, shovel those walks. I'm not sure I'm going to be thinking of that later today.
1: <laughs> Probably. Not. Well, me either. Me either. So. But uh, they are life-giving snows, and it is part of the whole cycle of weather, the cycle of life, and I'm grateful for that. Uh, excited about our America's Veteran Story show that we'll be broadcasting this Sunday, and it is with Doris Rotterman, and she is uh, the wife of a World War II veteran. And uh, let's see, now I can't remember, how old is she? Was she 97?
2: Seven. She was seven.
1: said That's her birthday
2: was just coming any day, when the back of the day we recorded that, so yes, yeah, She's 97 now.
1: Right, and uh, her husband was on the Abner Reed, which uh, he uh, it, the Abner Reed actually uh, got hit twice. Once up in the Aleutian Islands, and then it was sunk in the I think it was the Battle of Lady Gulf, wasn't it, in the Philippines? Yeah. So a really fascinating story. And thanks to to Doug Potter for connecting me with her. I greatly appreciate that. So that'll broadcast this Sunday, three to four p.m. And then every Sunday night, ten to eleven. Every Saturday night, ten to eleven. There are encore. Of previous um, of, uh, world, of uh, our America's Veteran Stories show, so be sure and check that out. Uh, let's get over here to our quote for today. And in this first hour, we'll be talking with. Kevin Sorbo. We actually pre-recorded that. He is super busy right now with the release of his new movie, uh, Left Behind, The Rise of the Antichrist, which is going to premiere beginning on January 26th for, I think, three or four days. I already have my tickets uh, to see that, and so it'll be in a number of theaters. And then in the second hour, we'll be talking with Trent Luce and uh, talking with him on a regular basis uh, regarding our energy security and our food security. And uh, those Davos globalist elites have said there's going to be scarcities in food. And the reason that's going to happen is because they're futzing around with our food supply and our energy supply. So that's why it's going to be super important to stay on top of that. And so Trent Lewis is a sixth generation farmer and rancher and has his finger on the pulse again on our food security and our energy security. So I thought I'd go to this quote. This was uh, interesting. And I, I didn't know this guy. Uh, Isaac Newton Skelton, the f- fourth. And he was an American politician and lawyer who served as the U.S. Representative from Missouri's fourth congressional district from 1977 to 2011. During his tenure, he served as the chairman of the House Armed Services Committee, and he was a member of the Democrat Party, born in 1931, and died in 2013. I'm sure Trent's going to like this. It says, in fact, because of their connection to the land, Farmers do more to protect and preserve our environment than almost anyone else. They are some of the best environmentalists around. And again, that is Ike Skelton, and uh, it's uh, super important. I mean, and that segues right into our chicken, pro- our egg production. This uh, and go to my website and check out my most recent essay regarding Colorado's scrambled egg policy. To have government come in and dictate. Uh, that chickens have per square footage uh, of, um, and and to be cage-free and to have, uh, let's see, what is it, dust bath areas and nesting boxes. (laughs) You know, I'm just thinking, Steve, how do you go get their eggs? Uh, I mean, do you have to go gather all these eggs in these cage-free environments? I mean, you can see why this is going to increase the cost immensely. And if people want to buy cage-free eggs... That's been available. People have paid more for them, and and that certainly should be an option in a free country. But to have government come in and put in all these regulations and increase the cost of breakfast Mm -hmm. by 133 percent, eggs are up 133 percent from the dairy where I get my eggs since last January. Uh you have to s- start to say, wait a minute, I think that government is way out of their lane. And I think that chicken producers know better how to uh take care of their their fowl than um, those down at the state house here in Denver. What it's, do you think,
2: Steve? The bill is just not all it's cracked up to be.
1: <clears throat> <laughs> bada boom. We need to have a bada boom. Uh Sound that's excellent. Excellent. So I'm g- I, I would love to see if we could figure out a way to repeal this, either through legislation. And Bill in Northland called in yesterday and he said it would be very difficult with this legislature and this governor to get that done because this governor signed it on July 1, 2020. Didn't take into, uh, into effect until 2023. What happened in between there, 2020 and 2023? Oh, Jared Polis ran for re-election, right? That's what happened.
2: Yeah. So <laughs> how many things have we caught them doing that over, you know, in the last uh, 15, 18 months? You know, something goes through, but it doesn't take effect until after the election. Hmm. Right.
1: Yeah. So if it's a good idea, they should they should have the guts to at least uh, stand before the voters and say, hey, I'm responsible for this. And so that is why we are uh, we're really going to talk about this. So anyway, Bill in Northland said it's probably difficult to get it done through the legislature. I mean, if we could put enough public pressure on them, I don't know if that's possible, but uh, that's an option. And certainly there's the initiative process as well. So we are starting to put out feelers to try to make that happen, Steve. So we'll see what happens with that. But uh, I think now that people are starting to understand it's public policy and breakfast just costs 133% more. and, And think about it. It's not just breakfast. It's everything that eggs are in, all the baking Uh, things that are baked in fact somebody a listener texted me i get i think it was uh, eric he said that that just think about girl scout cookies they use a lot of eggs so girl scout cookies are going to go up and as people get more squeezed more and more they're going to make choices not to buy some of of these more luxury items and uh, so you'll see that reverberate throughout the economy that's why and we can get this turned around it doesn't have to be this way we can get this turned around steve
2: well, you said, uh, you know, and Bill Northland said, it would be difficult, and it would, but could we exert enough pressure you know, if we could get people, you know, and the media, you know, broke free of the control that the left seems to have over these different outlets and stuff? I, you know, I, I think you you stand a good a good chance.
1: It's it w- it's going to take a lot of work, but I think we need to go to to work because, and uh, I had uh, gotten a text from. Market Black Forest about an initiative really regarding putting government back in the lane that it's supposed to be in, and unfortunately I think a lot of people have not been paying attention and don't understand just how out of the lane it is. And I think he's absolutely right, but I I I, I think that maybe a start with something simple. Like the price of eggs. It's a conversation you can have. It's it's you know, it's focused on one particular issue where we can connect the dots on all of the overreaching of government. That seems like a place to start, but he's he's absolutely right as far as uh, and I'm paraphrasing governments way out of their lane. and it would be great here in Colorado to run an initiative to get them back in their lane. Um, but it's a it's a heavy lift to continue well, to explain this to people.
2: Think of it this way. You're a Jimmy Doolittle fan, and what was his what brought him to the attention of the nation is the fact that he led the raid on Tokyo after Pearl Harbor. now we we have discussed it here that that particular raid on Tokyo was, you know, not grandly significant in the you know scale of war but it struck a psychological blow it sent a message so that's maybe point maybe that's what you know let, let's get behind this egg thing to just to send the message maybe the egg bill itself is not you know in the grand scheme of thing that grandiose but it sends the message
1: well, but it's also something that people can understand and we can easily connect the dots. And so uh, we're going to be working on it. We'll talk with Trent Luce about that in the second hour when we get to that. Um, th- th- I guess speaking of eggs makes me think of chickens, which makes me think of chicken wings, which makes me think of Hooters Restaurants, which is a great sponsor of both the shows. And I would highly recommend that you check out on Wednesday. It is Wings Day. You buy 20 wings, you get an additional tin for free. That's on takeout or to go. A great place to get together with friends to watch sports. They have great specials uh, Monday through Friday for lunch and happy hour. And uh, it's a really interesting story how they became uh, sponsors of mine. It's a story about freedom and free markets and capitalism. So check that out. And uh, again, a great place to get together with friends to see, to watch the games. And uh, so we've got a lot to talk about. I, I want to get over here to the bill of the day here in just a little bit. But I think that what we'll do is I think that we'll go to break and then we'll come back and talk about that. And then just this continual Assault upon our freedoms, our freedom of mobility, our our freedom to to live freely. To this this whole agenda, and, and and you can take it and and basically and you see it being played out here in Denver, is all of these apartment buildings, uh, and that is basically have people live in teeny tiny little apartments and ride the light rail or bus, or draw uh, ride a bike or walk, but stay within this particular sector and, uh, not have the freedom to go out and pursue your hopes and dreams. And uh, that is really, that is really the agenda that we've seen coming out of this, um, Davos globalist elites meeting that they have there for the world economic forum. But, uh, we're talking about these big ideas. A quote that I had mentioned yesterday from Jimmy Doolittle is, is that You know, Really, the battle is from the neck up. That's where we're at. We're in an ideological battle. That's why you need to get your brain around these issues. That's why we do the show, and I have a lot of great sponsors. And one of them is the Roger Mangan uh, State Farm Insurance uh, Team, and they can create personalized insurance plans to cover all your needs, from protection for your cars to your home, condo, boat, motorcycle, business, and renter's coverage. Contact the Roger Mangan team now at 303-795-8855 for a compliment. Appointment that's 303 795 8855. Like a good neighbor, Roger Mangan's team is there.
3: This is called service. You hook me up with auto and renters. Props to my insurance mentor. You made it easy to cover my bed in a box and my extensive collection of cuckoo clocks. You know, I find it kind of funny that you also save me money. You've got that good neighbor charm. Give it up for State Farm.
2: Three Points Financial, a comprehensive, fee-only financial and tax-focused company, considers all pieces of a client's financial life. There are no sales or commissions involved, and all advice is fiduciary, putting the client first. Mary Albers and Steve Cruz, co-owners of Three Points Financial, take time to work with you regarding decisions that affect your financial present and future. Whatever is happening in our world and with our economy, you have financial goals that matter. And Three Points Financial offers personal, real-time plans for savings, retirement, investments, and taxes, both tax efficiency and preparation. There is no better time than now to focus on your financial situation. If you are interested in learning more, contact threepointsfinancial.com to schedule a no-obligation introductory call. That's 3PointsFinancial.com.
1: And welcome back to The Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That is KimMunson, dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there, and you can email me at Kim at Kim com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. Our bill of the day is Senate Bill thirty twenty uh, three. 23 Dash zero three five. So, Senate Bill twenty three thirty five, the Middle Income Housing Authority Act, and it says uh, concerning the operation of the Middle Income Housing Authority, and in connection therewith, adding members to the board of directors, and expanding the power of the authority to enter into public-private partnerships. Uh, public private partnerships uh is something the Davos globalist elites at the World Economic Forum love because it is a form of cronyism where uh, the government uh chooses private if you will c- companies or nonprofits um and their nonprofit doesn't mean they make money it just means they don't pay taxes and um uh so this is something that they love and the sponsors are Jeff Bridger's Dem- Jeff Bridges, Democrat, he's a senator, and Dominic Marino, also a senator, and Representative Leslie Harrod, Democrat. And it, uh, it says this, and this is so important. It says, under current law, the Middle Income Housing Authority has the power to make and enter into contracts or agreements with public or private entities to facilitate public-private partnerships. It says the bill clarifies this power of the... Get it right there, the power of the authority to enter into public-private partnerships, that's cronyism, by specifying, first of all, Steve, look at this. The affordable rental housing component of a public private partnership is exempt from state and local taxation so that means that they're not paying any property taxes so w- when when we're looking at these developments affordable housing developments that one like like one just got approved in Douglas County and it's difficult to know the exact deal you know how how it was made but what it says is the affordable component of that is um, exempt from state and local taxation so what that means to me is that they're not paying property taxes but many times they may be putting kids into our school district so not only are your tax dollars being used to subsidize that housing but then they're not paying taxes and using all the different services. Do you see how this, as this continues to play out, more and more and more of this, when I talk about my concern of people being taxed out of their properties and because of inflation and taxes, do, do, is am I making enough of a point on how dangerous this, this just this little component is here, Steve?
2: Your point very well made. I mean that's a that's a direct line. To to the bottom line and that connection, that's that's incredibly easy to see.
1: Right. And so once again, on your your homeowner, uh, on your your business owner that's paying taxes, the taxes are either going to need to go down, certainly don't want to raise them. And, uh, otherwise, uh, again, we're going to start to see people being taxed out of their properties. So that's why these kinds of things are dangerous. And I've not looked at the whole, uh, whole component of the bill, but once again, it's an authority and, uh, this authority is not accountable to we, the people, and they've not been elected. So it's difficult to, to get rid of them. And so this is, this is where government is just so far out of their lane but to let me check my time here. I want to make sure that I'm good on this it says a public private partnership may provide for the transfer of the interest in an affordable renting housing project to an entity other than the authority that I don't know what that means exactly, but it could very well mean crotism. The authority may issue bonds. To, so to take on debt, to finance the affordable rental housing component in a public private partnership, this looks to me like this should fall under taber, that if in fact they're going to issue debt, Uh, that it looks like that should have to go through a vote, but I'm not sure that's going to happen. And bonds issued by the authority. May be payable from the revenue and assets of the affordable renting housing component of a public-private partnership or solely from the revenue or assets of the authority as current law requires. Additionally, the bill expands the board of directors from 14 to 16 by adding two non-voting members. You have to ask why they do that. And it says the Senate Majority Leader and the House Majority Leader will each appoint a member of the General Assembly from their respective chambers to serve as the two new non-voting members, unless the Senate Majority Leader and House Majority Leader are from the same political party, in which case the House Minority Leader will appoint the member to the board of directors from the House. And again, this all this stuff is just in a direct assault upon everyday people paying their own way, taking care of their own families, because it makes it more and more expensive for them to go after their hopes and dreams, their happiness of the American dream, Steve.
2: Well, I got stuck up at the very top before you actually dove, uh, dropped into those bullet point, points. And you kind of touched on it here. Authority. Who is this authority? Who are the members of the authority as it exists now? Are they drawing a salary and now with plenty states, we want to add to the members to the board uh this of uh, this particular entity and this one track line of these guys just keeps going on and on that government is the answer to everything, and you know we're going to take something that already exists and we're going to expand it more mm-hmm. bigger hmm mm-hmm.
1: and again it's not accountable to the people um, but this is the dream of the World Economic Forum and they are currently uh, re- meeting right now and you had come across a list of uh, some of the um, the members uh, or not not members but people that are attending uh, uh, that at the, the um, meeting at Davos and you got this from the US embassy.gov website right
2: yes I did and you know, my question to you that kicked all this off should American p- politicians actually be going to Davos?
1: Well, and also many of the leaders of our um, businesses as well. Now, granted, it's become more of a connected world because of, of air flight and, and all. But, but it, the problem is, is I think a lot of these people that are going over there start to drink the globalist Kool-Aid. Yes. And the globalist Kool-Aid is basically to take down Western Europe and to take down the United States. And, uh, and it's been a consistent assault upon our sovereignty for all these years. And I think this is the 53rd year, um, that they have been meeting, but uh, just a couple of these names. No, no surprise. John Kerry, he uh, flew his electric plane over there. I'm sure
2: he did with the long extension cord. Yes.
1: Yes, and uh, director of the Federal Bureau FBI, Christopher Ray. My gosh, they've been doing a heck of a job. But uh, in, anyway, you can go to us embassy gov and then uh, slash wef. Uh, dash two o two three, and you can get that whole list there. It's rather remarkable, but there's both Republicans and Democrats that uh, have attended.
2: Yes, uh, or are attending. And if there's say. any good news for us here locally, there are no Colorado uh, f- politicians on there. Uh, Represented, but they've been there before. So, oh yeah, okay.
1: And they may be there. This is just uh, this yes. is just from the U.S. Embassy.
2: Yes, that's that's a great point.
1: Yeah, they very well may be there. But, uh, and again, you have to wonder why they're all coming there. And under the guise of all these different, um, climate initiatives and, and we're realizing that that this has just been the, the, the green, the green that is, uh, they're talking about actually many of them, it's the other kind of green, uh, that they are, are really talking about. And that's the green that is going into their pockets, Steve.
2: Let me finish uh, my, my thought here, uh, what did you say in the beginning of the show? It's not compassionate to take someone's – what? Rights, okay. property, And then the you freedom. list all the things. And one of the things you said with policy. And I'm thinking, what policy is coming down at the World Economic Forum? It's not even policy from this country. And yet here but, are these politicians are absorbing it all like a, like
1: sponges. Right. But you're seeing it played out even in in local government where you're seeing through these housing authorities that they're pushing uh, all of this affordable housing, pushing people into rental units. So but we're we're uh, out, we're out of time for this particular uh, unit. And so let's uh, let's go to break. We'll be right back with Kevin Sorbo.
0: There are always opportunities in changing markets and the metro real estate market is no exception. That's why you need to work with seasoned REMAX Alliance realtor Karen Levine when you buy your home, sell your home, consider opportunities of a new build, or explore investment properties. Rising interest rates are spurring creativity, innovation, and opportunity in the real estate and mortgage markets. Kim Monson highly recommends award-winning REMAX realtor Karen Levine. Call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516 for answers to all your real estate questions. That's 303-877-7516.
4: What do Albert Einstein, Thomas Edison, and Nikola Tesla have in common? None of these men graduated from college, but each of them had enormous intellectual curiosity. Scientist Dr. James Lyons Weiler is creating a new kind of educational model for the busy, intellectually curious, IPAC-EDU. Classes are affordable and interactive and experts in each of their fields with courses in biology, philosophy, analytics, health and wellness, political science, chemistry, regenerative science and psychology. There is a spring 2023 course for you. Dash over to ipacedu.org. eduorg for more information and to register. That's
2: ipac-edu.org. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Munson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim, M O N S O N.
1: And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who uh, support us. We're an independent voice on an independent station searching for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And I have on the line with me a a man who searches for truth regularly, and that that is Kevin Sorbo. He is a director, a producer, an actor. And, uh, Kevin Sorbo, welcome to the show.
5: Good to be with you again. Hope all is well on your end. Uh,
1: We are working hard out here. There's a lot to do, and yes, all is well. Uh, You are busy right now, Kevin Sorbo. Um, Tell us, uh, you've got a new movie that's going to be coming out here very soon.
5: I do. It's the next chapter of The Left Behind book that uh, Tim LaHaye and Jay Jenkins wrote many decades ago. And uh, this is the first movie they've done. Since 2014, when uh, Nicolas Cage had that lead role, I well, I was uh, playing Wraith and Steel, the pilot, from the books, I took over that role and also got to direct this one, and we got an amazing cast and a wonderful script that's very updated. Um, when I say updated, um, it's, it follows the books, but at the same time, they wanted to bring it in today's world with all the craziness that's going on. So that's pretty much um, what, what this you know whole movie was... Uh, I think we kind of waited for the right time because it feels like the rapture is happening as we're speaking. So this is a perfect time to uh, get this movie out there.
1: Kevin, when I was a kid, there was a song left behind that um, it was very chilling. I, I liked the tune of it, but the words were somewhat, well, they were disconcerting. And one of them was uh, uh, a um, loaf of bread would buy a... Uh, uh, like a, you know, a, a pound of gold or something like that, and I, I thought, how could that happen? But as I'm looking at. What's happening at the grocery store out here in in Colorado? We've got a legislation that was passed a few years ago regarding cage-free chickens and the square footage that chickens are supposed to have if they're laying eggs for commercial purposes. And just since November, and that that's after price increases, since November, egg prices are up uh, forty percent, and that is—it's just all because of government policy and so that those those words from that song long ago where a loaf of bread would buy a pound of gold is almost coming true
5: you know it's funny i was just getting groceries this morning and uh the egg section was almost cleared out it's like what they did you know when COVID hit. everybody was like fighting each other over uh you know toilet paper and paper towels
4: right <laughs> it's just
5: favorite weapon of government is fear. And you know it. They use fear to control our lives, and people let their lives be controlled. And this is the problem. We put these people into the office, and people forget it's supposed to be we, the people. The founding fathers are slipping in their graves over what's happening with government officials right now. And, you know, we have we have voter fraud. We have uh, the, the fear of all climate change world coming to an end. Um, all this stuff going out that is just to control people's lives, and that's what government wants. And we need to start um, you know, Kevin McCarthy's in there now. Okay, we'll see what happens with the guy. And I, the one thing he brought up, I said, bravo for you if you make it happen, is, is term limits. We need term limits. We can't, no more than 40 year careers for these bozos. All they care about is power and control over our lives. So I'm all for fighting the good fight. And I mean people need to wake up because the sheep are going to be the sheep. I need to wake up the lions.
1: Well, and term limits, um, I'm a bit of a contrarian on that. And the reason is, is, first of all, uh, the, the voters should be the ones that institute term limits at the the ballot box. I realize that that's not really happening. But my concern, if we get term limits on the, quote-unquote, electeds, we still have all those bureaucrats that are living off the government dole, that they're actually controlling a lot of our lives. I, I'd like to get term limits first for bureaucrats and then visit the the term limits for electeds. What's your thoughts on that, Kevin.
5: Can okay, explain what do you mean by that? Two months with bureaucrats.
1: So, for example, the bureaucrats that are in Washington, those those that are like like Fauci, he'd been in um, his position for years and years and years. And so electeds can come and go. When I was on city council, uh, I remember I was at a, a meeting and uh, one of the bureaucrats, one of the paid staff got up and basically said, I'll be here long after you're gone. And that that was that was very chilling to me.
5: Yeah, I, no, I agree. Okay, I, I totally get it. I mean, I, and I, I agree with you there as well. I, I think to put these people in the power positions that they have, um, their, their egos get inflated. They think they're they think they're gods with a lowercase g, by the way. But that's what government thinks. Think they are think they're god. They don't. They want to hear better God because they believe they are. So, um, yeah, I'm all for that. I'm, I have no problem with that because it, the whole idea of anybody in Washington D.C. originally we're, we're supposed to be housewives and and teachers and you know people of all walks of life. It's for the majority of them now. we are all lawyers. And they, all they do, all they care about, on both sides are guilty of this. All they care about is getting reelected. The minute they get reelected, they're fundraising for the next election already. But it's two or four years down the road. And everything is about keeping themselves in power, giving themselves another raise with our tax dollars, uh, adding more taxes to the coffer to get more money out of it. I mean, you basically have to work seven months a year just for your taxes. They take all of it. Another five months, they'll let you keep that money. They're, they're okay with letting you have that.
1: Although they're trying to get their hands on more and more of that as well, of course, Kevin Sorbo. Of course, yes. Yeah, that's why what you're doing is so important. These movies that are that you're doing, uh, books that you're writing, are are so important. Tell us about this Left Behind movie for somebody that doesn't is not familiar with the Left Behind series. What would you say to them?
5: Well, based on the books that were very very popular, it sold 89 copies. Tim LaHaye and Jerry Jenkins were the writers and it really deals with the Book of Revelation. It deals with the, the Second Coming, it deals with, the you know, the Tribulation, the seven-year period Tribulation afterwards, where well, all the people left behind are basically antipas. <laughs> I say that as a joke, but it's it's really the people that have no belief in God, no belief in, uh, you know, that, that there's an entity stronger than them that created the earth and created the heavens. And, um, you know, it, it, What's great about this movie, it's six months after the rapture. So all the people left behind, including my character, my wife disappeared, my son disappeared, they were Christians. So it's six months of my character to really find out um, where his life is after this and where he thinks his life should be. So he starts really, it's, he goes on his own redemption trail to follow the things that his wife did, to read the Bible that his wife marked up so much, to go to the church she used to go to. And when he goes to this church, He he even finds her pastor still there. And I think it's perfect that the writers put that in because you see what's going on in our churches in our country today. The the, the woke culture has infiltrated so many pastors and so many. Uh, religious leaders now that they're afraid of losing their congregation. I mean, I love my pastors because I'm not afraid of working my congregation down to a manageable size. But so good for them, because yeah. it's crazy what they're doing out there right now and letting these church leaders who keep forgetting that they work for God, not government, but so many of them do, and so many of them are that at that, But thank God more people are getting, uh, you know just hit to the whole craziness of what the world's trying to do to us with the pronouns and the transgenders and everything. And uh, they're, they're fighting back and say, OK, this enough is enough. We've, we've let you guys put on this, this this charade long enough and we're done with it. And so more people are waking up. Thank God for that.
1: And I see these, uh, I call them PBIs, these politicians and bureaucrats and interested parties, are seem like they're doubling down, uh, which... In a way, I think it's, it's the, the positive is, is the, the mask or the veil is coming off even quicker on what they're doing. However, it seems like they are doubling down on these terrible policies. An example, you know, there's been this assault on our energy security with the assault on fossil fuels. Fossil fuels provide efficient, uh, abundant, affordable, and reliable energy, and there's this assault on this, this, uh, this next uh, possible move regarding uh, taking away the choice for people to have gas uh, ovens, gas ranges, is unbelievable to me, Kevin.
5: Oh, it's but it's one more way to attack the whole thing. It's fossil fuels, right? It's one more way for them to attack that and get rid of that because the craziness of this climate change thing, which I call weather. The top three climate change hustlers out there right now said the Earth has warmed up about one degree over the last 100 years. One degree. And yet we're going to spend trillions of dollars to try to fight it, I'm all for a green economy. I'm all for green, 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 whatever it may be. But to get rid of fossil fuels is crazy. People have no idea the amount of land that needs to be used to put up wind, wind source power or, or um, solar power. It's it, it, it's such a huge more amount, and it's going to cause more problems on the earth than people drilling for oil. Oil's here for a reason, and people want to get rid of it. They should stop being hypocrites and get rid of their cell phone, get rid of their computer, get rid of the brushes and combs and the hair dryers, and a lot of their clothes have oils that have synthetics in it. They, they, have, they think it's just gasoline for cars. They have no idea. The ignorance and the uneducated uh, level of these people have no idea. Go online and just put up how many products are made from oil. Oil, and they will be shocked at the hundreds and hundreds of products that pop up.
1: Yeah, it's 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 actually it is totally Crazyville. And uh, I was talking with someone the other day on the show, and I said I've figured out what this whole green energy thing is about. It's about the it's about green for sure, but it's the green that goes in people's pockets.
5: Of course, of course, it's all about greed. That's what it is. Look at the weather. I mean, what's his name? Um, uh, Gore became a billion, a billionaire now with the whole thing. You and I should have been smarter and, and invested in all these green companies that he was part of a, from the ground floor up. The guy's a billionaire now from the whole, you know, Inconvenient Truth movie that he did. I mean, it's 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 crazy what we're doing right now. Trust me, this earth is going to be a long after we've all gone. And, you know, it'll burp a couple of times and be back to normal. This earth is so much more resilient to what we're doing to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, for people to sit there and put this fear in the kids because they've been doing that forever. There's a videotape out there from the 1920s. There's an audio tape out there of these guys on the table talking about um, uh, climate change. It was actually global warming forever. It's all about global warming. But then if you remember that back in the mid like. 2012, 13, 14, 15, with some of the coldest winters on record. So to make it convenient, they change it to climate change. Yeah, the climate changes. It's called weather. It's called I not yeah. what it is. You know, sometimes it's hotter, sometimes it's colder. And it, to think that we have this, such a huge effect on it. I'm all for, like I said, the whole pollution thing. Yeah, why not? They've done a great job in L.A. America's done a great job compared to anybody else. Compared to China? Look what China's doing. You think they give a crap about the about the you know the climate? I mean, give me a break. I mean, this it's once again. And look what they do with China. I mean, look at our sports, the NBA. They, uh, I mean, the movies in Hollywood. They everything they do is to appease the Chinese because they got such a huge market. And it's all about what you just said. It's about money.
1: So with that, that's why this movie is so important that you are uh, going to be releasing he- here very soon. And when is that? Is that January twenty sixth that it's going to be in theaters? Is that right? We
5: got we, we got January twenty sixth to twenty nine. Please go to leftbehindmovie.com. dot com. It's called leftbehindmovie.com. dot com. It gives you the trailer of the movie. It gives you all the um, local theaters in your area to throw in your zip code. Um, the last movie did very, very well. This movie is darker and edgier. It does have humor in it as well, but it deals with it deals with you know the aftermath. It's, the rapture has happened. What is it like to be? In, what's it like to be on this earth? Um, there will be people that will deny it. There will be people that will finally go, oh "My gosh, you know, we were wrong all this time." I mean, that's, it's, the earth's not going to change that much, but it's going to change the mind of, of millions of people who say, "We were wrong about not believing. We were wrong about uh, at least not listening to the possibility that there is a, a deity out there that's more powerful than we are." So I hope people join in and check out this movie because we don't have a hundred million dollar advertising budget like they do on Avatar. Okay. So we can't be our trailer showing at every football and basketball game out there. we got to rely on word of mouth, like, much like we did in God's Not Dead and let There Be Light, the other movies I was part of. So I hope people will go out and show this up. You know, we'll get more than a four-day line if, if people show up and fill up these seats because theater owners don't care what they show. They want to sell popcorn and soda. So okay, I get stuff all the time. You know, People stop me all the time and say, please make more movies like you're making. Well, here it is, so please support us.
1: Oh, absolutely. And that's uh, Left Behind, and you can get that at their website. Let's go to break. I'm talking with Kevin Sorbo uh, regarding his uh, latest movie that will be released on the 26th of January, which we all need to support that in the theaters. It's super important. And uh, also when we come back, we'll talk about this tour that uh, he and his wife are organizing to go to Israel. And I think that's absolutely fascinating. So let's go to break. We'll be right back.
6: Every family needs a healthcare team that has your child's best interest as the priority, and Roots Medical is proud to offer exactly that. At Roots Medical, we strive to empower and educate both parent and child about the importance of gut health, how to implement healthy changes in the home, and of course, all of the benefits that come with a fully optimized immune system. Same day and sickness appointments are available and easy to schedule. For more information, visit rootsmedical.net. That's R-O-O-T-S medical.net. Roots Medical, getting to the root of your healthcare concerns.
3: Finding a firearm or training course can be intimidating for anyone, especially when you're new at it. Franktown has everything you need to get started or to improve with a firearm. Franktown is a family-friendly gun store and are invested in the success of their customers, no matter what your age, gender, or experience level is. Franktown sells firearms and ammo at or below MSRP, has an indoor range on site, and offers tactical and safety training. Franktown Firearms is always a safe and easygoing environment For all customers, come to Franktown for a comfortable, no pressure experience when shopping or learning about your firearm with approachable experts dedicated to your development as the owner of a firearm. Franktown Firearms has everything you need to get started and or to improve on any background experience. Visit klzradio.com slash franktown to schedule your firearms training today. Or find more information at franktownfirearms.com. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made.
1: And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And before we get back to Kevin Sorbo, you know him. He he um, was Hercules, and uh, he's an actor, director, producer. Uh, so many important movies that he's working on as well as some great books. Uh, but before we get to that, I wanted to mention the uh, Marine Memorial Foundation, the USMC Memorial Foundation. They are raising money for the Marine Memorial out at Sixth and Colfax. And Paula Sarles, she is a Vietnam uh, Gold Star wife, a veteran Gold Star wife. She's the head of the foundation, as well as uh, she is a a Marine veteran herself. It is on her heart and her team's heart to raise money so that we can honor and remember those that have given their lives or been willing to give their lives for our freedom. So you can go to USMCMemorialFoundation.org for more information uh kevin sorbo the uh the movie left behind the rise of the antichrist uh, which is going to be coming out here very soon uh tell our listeners so there there's the the rapture then after that the antichrist I, I mean i think everybody's kind of surmised is the antichrist around now what, what, what's your thoughts on all that
5: well, it's in the Book of Revelation. It's pretty fascinating. So I hope people, when they watch this movie, it makes them open the Bible just to read that chapter. I mean, when I wrote, when I read uh, Revelation for the first time, I was maybe twelve years old, and I thought it was an amazing sci-fi story. I thought it was, it was scary. Yeah. You know, it was like, yes, like, not really happened. But there's also a lot of hope in, in that in that uh, chapter of the Bible as well. So. Um, it really deals with the rise of the Antichrist. It's really, there's a religious leader that comes out that people will follow, that people will believe the most amazing, uh, not even necessarily religious leaders, it's like a political leader, a, a person that has so much so much charisma and so much uh, power over the masses of, of the whole world that people follow this person. They don't realize that they're following the wrong person. So um, we, we touch on that in this episode, in this movie. So we're going to have, um, we've got so many high marks on it already. We got a great, uh, actually a great quote that came in from Jerry Jenkins himself. He says that he thinks this is by far and away the best uh, of the movies that, that have ever come out of his book. So we're very excited to have his plug for that.
7: Now,
1: and is he the father of Dallas Jenkins, who's done the the chosen movies?
5: Yes, he is. My my my, my um, I've known Dallas for years. In fact, In twenty ten was actually the first state state movie. I guess you can call that I ever did. Dallas directed. It's called What If. It's from the same writers that did God's Not Dead, which came about a few years later. People love God's Not Dead, but I got to be honest with you, What If is a better movie. So I hope people that saw God's Not Dead will check out What If. It's the same writers as I said. Dallas was the one who directed it. Jerry Jenkins was the one who funded it, and it's an amazing movie. It feels it's sort of like a reverse. Of it's a Wonderful Life. Where I'm visited by an angel that is there to show me that God is, uh, you know, that God has uh, put me on the road that I need to be on. I'm on the wrong road right now. The trouble is, I like the road I'm on. I don't think my road's a bad road, but I, I kind of go kicking and screaming to this all, other alternative life, sort of bilateral world to live in for a while. And uh, it's very touching. It's very funny. Um, and it's just a wonderful film. So uh, I've known Dallas for a long time. So I feel like it's come full circle now to actually do um, the next chapter of Jerry Jenkins' books, The Left Behind books, and, and direct this movie. So um, they love it so much. Actually, they're writing the sequel right now, and I'll be directing that one later in the year.
1: Um, that is uh, that's super. That's just super awesome. On that, um, Kevin, I like you. When I read Revelations, uh, when I first read it, it was disconcerting. It was scary. You know, I look at some of like a J.R.R. R. Tolkien or a C.S. Lewis with some of their. Uh, books that they'd written regarding uh, fiction, and I'm I'm looking at that Revelation. I'm kind of like, I can see how these guys could come up with these stories by reading Revelation, um, and I have. I found it somewhat disconcerting. Where's the peace that you find in Revelation?
5: Um, that there that there is a hope, that there is a chance to be and there's a chance to be saved again. Um, by By not being saved the first time around that there will be a seven year tribulation in there that's going to be a pretty nasty time and be on earth, but at the same time, people will find uh, hope. And I think the biggest thing that 's missing in the world right now in our world the craziness and insanity of the angry world we live in now is that people are looking for hope, people are looking for a place to, to give them some sort of uh, a safety net and I think one of the blessings of covid Uh, Even though they shut down churches, which is crazy, but they left, you know, they left the strip bars open, so I can see what was important. Uh But um, they, the blessing of that was that so many people went online, because all these pastors then were pretty much forced to do all their sermons online, but people were looking for something, they're looking for an answer, they're looking for a a chance to understand all the craziness of the world, and that that really opened up the doors uh, for people to really sort of uh, look at the Bible in a different way.
1: Well, the, and uh, yeah, there, there are some silver linings to the whole COVID thing. A lot of uh, masks, veils have come off on agendas, and I think a number of people are waking up. Let's change gears just a little bit, Kevin Sorbo, to the tour, the trip that you and your wife are planning to Israel. And people, you still have just a few spots uh, available if people want to join you, correct?
5: We do. We did this trip three years ago in 2019, or four years ago, I guess now, and, uh, because it was for COVID, <laughs> and when they shut down the world. Um, but we took a group of 60 people, and it was, we call it Following the Footsteps of Jesus. It's an amazing historical trip uh, through the Holy Land, and it was phenomenal. I've been there um, two other times. I've shot two documentaries. I was just there last year shooting a documentary dealing with the Ark of the Covenant and the Tabernacle. That's called Quest to the Throne. That'll be coming out later this year. And uh, we're going back again, and we only have I think six spots left open for anybody out there that wants to do a trip of a lifetime. I know it's a bucket list for a lot of people out there. Um, join us in Israel, May 17th through the 28th. Go to SorboIsraelTrip.com. That's Sorbo, my last name, S-O-R-B-O, IsraelTrip.com. Get all the information on there. You can uh, you know check out the itinerary, the locations, the, the pricing, everything. So please check it out. There's only six spots left open.
1: Oh, that is uh, certainly a trip of a lifetime. Uh, that is on my bucket list. I can't make it this, this time around, but I would love to. So s- there's going to be six additional really lucky people that uh, will, will get to do that. Um, Talking about, you mentioned the word hope, and we've we've seen that the PBIs have used fear. They've used fear very effectively upon people when they basically shut our world down because of um, COVID or the narrative of COVID, if you will. And so that reaction hurt a lot of people. It it closed businesses. Uh, I was very frustrated, like I think you're inferring, that churches didn't stand up stronger uh, against uh, these mandates that were coming down or in, and, and in some ways it was just coercion. It, it, it was mandated or coerced mandates. It, it, it was very sneaky the way they did all that. But the other thing that you mentioned, which is a, a very powerful emotion as well is hope. And I, I, those that I, I want to actually use fear to control people, they also are very good at words and hence Obama with hope and change Uh, Hope and change can mean different things to different people. And I think he understood the nuances of that. So when he said hope and change, he had something totally different in mind that maybe somebody might uh, internalize to themselves, Kevin.
5: Well, you know, once again, government's favorite weapon is fear, right? And that's pretty much what they did. You know, Fauci, I think there's going to be a reckoning call on Fauci. I think, I mean, when they when they took all these ivermectin and all those other things that would, would have been perfectly fine to help people get cured of COVID, and they took that stuff away and gave us, you know, shots that initially they're saying all these shots, oh, 100% efficient, you're not going to spread it, you won't get it again. Oh, then people are getting it and people are spreading it. Then it went down to 80%. Now it's something like a 20%. They, it keeps going down because they rushed this drug out there. You got Fauci just a couple of years before this whole COVID thing saying in the interview, you know what, for any new vaccine to come out, you need eight to 10 years of testing. Well, it was less than a year. And they just put this thing out there and made everybody a guinea pig. And look what's going on in the world right now. And no one's talking about all these, all these young athletes, not just athletes, all these young people falling down dead that are 16 years old, 26 years old, whatever it may be. It's higher than it's ever, ever been. I read some article where they said 7,000 around the world every every week or something, or every month, I don't know, 7,000 more people than, ab, than, the, than the normal average are dying, and we can't figure out why. And every single one of them, they say, oh, it's heart-related. It, isn't anybody looking at that because so this could possibly be the reason why? But no, sh- nobody wants to talk about it, but it's spreading misinformation. No, it's not. It's just like science. Don't question science. Of course you question science. That's what science is about, questioning. I mean, everything they said was just to control our lives, and people are sheep, and people fell right into it. And I get attacked for it. I posted on, because on, Facebook took me down you know, two years ago, but I posted on, um, on Twitter, I said, hey, I need more, some com- com- I need more uh, conspiracy theories because mine keeps t- coming true. <laughs> everything I'm saying has come true. But I got attacked with being, you know, speaking the truth. But most people don't like the truth. They want to live in a fantasy. They want to live in a lie. They're they're more comfortable in their anger and their hatred than they are in truth.
1: Well, and that's why we must continue to speak truth into into our lives and into those around us each and every day. That's why we do our show. That's why you are doing all this uh, tremendously amazing work uh, regarding these movies and books. And uh, just refresh my memory. What is your latest book, Kevin?
5: Uh, true faith, the true faith is the fall up the true Strength. Uh, my book my wife 's books on homeschooling, um, all of our you know dvds uh, merchandise everything People can go to sorbostudios dot com Sorbo dot com and uh, and check it out but I do want people to remember to go to left behind movie dot com left behind movie dot com and support the movie coming up january twenty sixth
1: Okay, yes. I'm going to have a bunch of um, friends over here very shortly, and so we will be trying to get something organized on that for the Left Behind uh, movie, and that, again, is January 26th, and you can find it at leftbehindmovie.com, leftbehindmovie.com. Kevin, thank you. I know you're wildly busy. What's your final thought to leave with our listeners?
5: Uh, you know, don't let anyone set your limitations. People get let fear rule their lives. Failure is a good thing. You can learn from failure. Quit relying on government to take care of you. You know, take care of yourself. Learn to be self-sufficient. Learn not to be afraid, because uh, right now you see the control that they want over our lives, and they are loving it, and they're not going to give up that control unless we fight back, and we've got to fight back with honest voting. My, my my thing is you vote we make the voting days, not voting months or voting two months. you vote we have one election day, make it a holiday, everybody's got to show up in person and show an ID There's nothing racist about showing an ID.
1: I uh, totally agree, because uh, we don't have anything if we don't have our free, fair, honest, and transparent elections. Uh, Kevin Sorbo, thank you so much for making this work, and wish you all kinds of great luck on leftbehindmovie.com and also the tour to Israel in May. Thank you so much.
5: Thank you. Happy New Year, everyone.
1: And uh, yes, and our quote for the end of the show is from Matthew 2820, and it is, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America. Stay tuned for hour number two.
0: It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important story.
1: First of all, the student loan bailout. There's something inherently immoral about it.
0: The latest in politics and world affairs.
1: I think education has been hijacked a number of years. has kind of dissed people that work with their hands.
0: Today's current opinions and ideas.
1: Gosh, we should have been teaching kids kindergarten through high school about return on investment. If you're going to take on this debt, what is your ROI?
0: Is it freedom? Or is it force? Let's have a conversation.
1: Indeed, let's have a conversation. And welcome to hour number two of the Kim Munson show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, valued. You have purpose today. Strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. Thank you to the team I work with, producer Steve, producer Luke, Zach, Patty, Keith, Echo, Charlie, all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Uh, Happy Wednesday to you, producer Steve.
2: It's a wonderful, uh,
1: <clears throat> wacky weather Wednesday. It is. And it's also Wednesday at Hooters Restaurant. You buy 20 wings, you get 10 for free. That's for to go or to dine in. And so be sure and check that out as well. And uh, check out my website. That's Kim Munson, M O N S O N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We are an independent voice, we search for truth and clarity. By looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And uh, we talked a little bit in the, the first hour about the World Economic Forum is meeting right now. So it is danger, danger to everyday hardworking Americans and people throughout the world, actually, uh, because these uh, that agenda and the, the veil is coming off. The mask is coming off on what this agenda is. It's an agenda. that is as old as anything. Elites and everybody else are the minions, and they have couched it all different different ways. Uh, but uh, they really, they don't like they don't like everyday human beings. And uh, the the uh, veil is coming off on that. There's a lot of people there. In the first hour, we talked about uh, the official list from the U.S. Uh, government, the embassy. But there's a whole bunch of other uh, business uh, leaders, people that are head of corporations, a whole bunch of different people there as well. And uh, uh, we see this agenda. Oh my gosh, it, uh, it the agenda is so it's so antithetical to the American idea. You know, the fact on um, in the uh, Bill of Rights. I think it's uh, isn't it the Fourth Amendment, Steve? Where it says that I'm looking it up right now. Where it says that we should be secure in. Yeah, the Fourth Amendment, the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated and no warrants shall issue. But upon probable cause supported by oath or affirmation and particularly describing the place to be searched and the persons or things to be seized. And guys, what we're seeing with big tech now, uh, we can be tracked everywhere Ah uh, which there's it can be used for positive, but it can u- be used certainly for for evil as well. And that's why I'm super concerned about it. But freedom of mobility, as you know, freedom of mobility, I find it so important. it's uh, under assault. And uh, so a couple of things. there's um one I'm concerned about and then some good news. This is from The Epic Times regarding the pay per mile states are moving towards user-based road tax. And uh, we already pay a user-based road tax, and that is our gas tax. And of course, there and, and Steve, the the this movement you were seeing when I was on city council, you saw big d- different lunches um, that might be put on, and uh, you had seen this this agenda. They they just it's just continual until they get what they want. Um, but the problem with uh, these um, vehicle Miles tax on uh, VMT is that somebody has to track then those V ve- those miles, and so instead of the freedom of you being able to just go and go to the the pump and uh, fill your car up and go where you want to when you want to, you could see this playing out with the World Economic Forum's whole environmental thing where they might say oh wait a minute uh, your job is not essential you couldn't imagine that bureau- bureaucrats and politicians might say to people your job's essential and yours isn't that that just seems crazy that that could happen steve
2: yeah right where <laughs> i know
1: <laughs> i know you're not serious now no, I'm not serious now. Remember COVID? Uh, yeah. Where they said that some businesses could be open because they were essential, like the big box stores. But everyday mom and pop stores couldn't be open or everyday restaurants. You uh, know, it,
2: and they left it there they, with those broad brush terms, essential, non-essential, and didn't attempt to define that.
1: Well, and, and really, uh, under the skies of COVID, so COVID was this... this this virus was so smart yes. that it knew when you, if you were in a big box store versus a mom and pop business. I mean, yes. really. So uh, you can see this playing out now with uh, a user-based road tax, uh, and and again. We've had that, and it's the gas tax. The other thing that I learned when I was on city council is a lot of the gas tax money was being shaved off for trains and walking paths and buses, all these things that take away the freedom of mobility. So they've been shaving money off of the uh, gas tax money for quite some time. And of course, I was talking to somebody yesterday about, have you noticed the terrible condition of the roads in Colorado? Uh, you You can go to a state line going to Kansas or up to Wyoming, and the minute you hit those state lines those roads are better and it's because of a different type of governance different type of priority where they're taking the money and they're spending it uh, but anyway this um, yeah, move towards a user-based road tax is very dangerous Go you, ahead.
2: you don't say that flippantly you have a lot of experience driving to Kansas driving to Wyoming and you know that that's what you're seeing
1: yes absolutely but speaking of Wyoming oh my gosh I love this this is uh, reported by Greg Wenner From Fox Business, it says Wyoming legislators are pushing a bill in Cheyenne that could phase out electric vehicles by 2035 to protect a state economy largely fueled by gas and oil. It's titled The Phasing Out New Electric Vehicle Sales by 2035. It's being sponsored by state Republican Senator Jim Anderson and supported by Senators Brian uh, Bonner. Ed Cooper and Don or Dan Dockstatter, as well as a State House Representative Donald Burkhart and Bill Henderson. They're all Republicans. Legislators say oil and gas production has long been one of Wyoming's proud and valued industries. It's created countless jobs and contributed to the state's economy. The bill stresses the importance of gas-powered vehicles as they enable industries and businesses in the state to engage in commerce and the transportation of goods and resources. Legislators are concerned that infrastructure is not in place to support President Biden's and Ambitious goal to phase out gas vehicles and have half of all new uh, vehicles sold in 2030 to be zero emissions vehicles. And this whole zero emissions thing is such a is such a lie because, uh, and, uh, I think I mentioned this. Uh, I have the great honor to be in a documentary that is going to be released probably late February. It is the really been on the heart of Walt Johnson to create this. Uh, that's in the final editing stages. And when they say zero emissions, it, it's just a lie. When they say it's green, it, it's just a lie. The green is what goes into these PBIs pockets. Uh, so stay tuned for the documentary. It's, I think it's really good, but uh, these, these zero emissions, it's just not true. And, uh, the, the plastic bodies of these electric cars come from products from petroleum products. I mean, it is such a lie. Don't buy into that lie. And you've got to challenge people when they talk about that. And then the other thing is, is the rare earth minerals that have to go into these batteries, Uh, Are being mined in open pit mining, uh, in open pit mines in third world countries by children. Basically, it's slave labor. And so it's really important to have an honest conversation about this, Steve.
2: Well, you go back to your uh, story from Wyoming. Uh, You want to hear a great irony? Guess what else is in Wyoming? What? One of the dumps uh, where they take the. wind or the turbine blades when they fail right and they uh, they uh, cut them up into smaller chunks and then they bury them in landfills and there's one of those in wyoming right so right is that some irony
1: yeah now this was several years ago i went up to uh, northern colorado where they were taking down a wind farm you would not believe the amount of concrete and uh, all of the different you know, wires, copper. Well, I shouldn't. And I don't know that for sure. But all of the different uh, wiring that that was involved in that, and these big turbines that, as you said, they're not recyclable. They have to go someplace. So let's have an honest conversation about that. And that's what we that's what we do every day. You know, Steve. I, there's one other thing I wanted to mention regarding clarification. Yesterday, we had uh, Todd uh, Todd Watkins on talk about talking about what is happening down in El Paso County and uh, regarding the the, uh, county GOP there. And I had a a friend call and said that he has friends in both camps. uh, And, uh, you know, and and so it's 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 dangerous when you start to get into these party politics, particularly county party politics uh, is extremely uh, challenging. So I want to tell you the big picture, what I'm concerned about with Christy Burton Brown coming in, with a meeting on a zoom meeting on January 31st, right before the County meetings that are going to occur here in Colorado. And that she might unseat some of the PCPs that were my understanding via bylaws were appointed, uh, under the bylaws of that particular County. First of all, if she's doing, why is she doing that in El Paso and not other counties? I, I have to ask that. And, and if she is doing that in El Paso County, what is the precedent? What does that mean for all of the other counties here in Colorado? So that just seems very suspect to me. But the big picture and, and the people that get into GOP leadership, this is what I ask of them because Colorado is in trouble. First of all, our donors, they milk our donors. And uh, then the money goes into the consultants' pockets. And then we lose elections. And I was thinking about the difference between Democrats and Republicans is Democrats have this whole emerge program where they are training can, women candidates, basically in Marxism, but how to how to run for office and how to win, Set the, setting them up with websites and, and connecting them with donors, and so they're focused on winning that election. Over here on the other side, if you have a Republican that's going to run for office, one of the first questions out of the box is how much money can you raise. And so now what we've realized is, and I, I saw this in the last election cycle, <coughs> basically is candidates on the Republican side are raising money, paying consultants that are not getting results. One of the first questions should be to a consultant is how are we going to win instead of how much money you can raise. So on the Republican side, the consultants, the the c- candidate does not, Work for, or the consultant does not work for the candidate. The candidate works for the consultant. And we have continued to lose elections and lose elections. And there's some contributing factors to that. One of them is these open primaries that we have. So first of all, uh, we need to support people that are going to make sure that only Republicans vote in Republican primaries. There was a lawsuit that was put in place and it um, did not go anywhere because said that my understanding is the judge said that they needed the standing of the state GOP chair to be a party to that particular lawsuit. And Christy Burton Brown never did that. So cleaning up, get, making sure we have Republicans vote in Republican primaries is very, very important. Then also, we are hearing candidates on the Republican side that want to get rid of the caucus system. So there's two ways to get onto the ballot here in Colorado. One is via going through the caucus system, which is basically caucus is a meeting of your neighbors and electing uh, electing neighbors at the local, the county, and the state level to represent you. And the other is through the initiative process. So any candidate for state GOP chair that wants to get rid of the caucus system, I find that very dangerous because what that does is that takes away the voice of everyday people. And just just play this out, Steve, is that 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 means then through the initiative process, the secretary of state has the power to verify who they say are, are valid signatures. So you could see this secretary of state, this radical activist Democrat, kicking out signatures of, of candidates that they may not want. And so preserving the caucus system is very important. And then transparency, transparency and integrity in our elections, in uh, our uh, party finances. That is really important. And I wanted to make that clear. That is what I support. That is why I'm concerned about this January 31st meeting uh, that Christy Burton Brown is, is calling in El Paso County. And I said to my friend, no matter who was in power on whichever side in El Paso County, I would be very concerned. No matter who is in is the the county chair on this particular meeting, Steve. I know I went a little long on that, but I think it's important to make that point, Steve.
2: Well, you you it goes well to your your opening statement in that whole thing there, <laughs> that whole three or four minutes. Now, Colorado is in trouble, and, and here's why. So. Well, done, yes,
1: and here's why. And we can do something about it. And and uh, so one of the things the show, as you know, it's we're an independent voice. Clearly, we're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through this lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. And your support is so integral uh, in our voice, as well as these great sponsors. And one of those is the Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance Team. And they understand that there are unknowns that can keep you up at night. And that is why Roger Mangan can also help with life insurance and health insurance needs to replace lost income. Call Roger Mangan at 303-795-8855. So that's 303-795-8855 for a complimentary appointment. Like a good neighbor, Roger Mangan's insurance team is there.
7: So I just got the State Farm personal price plan on my car insurance. So you told your agent you play the bagpipes for your dog? Ah. What? No, I didn't get that. Personal, my agent just helped me create an affordable price just for me. Okay, let me show you what I've been working on. Hey, Buster!
3: (laughs) Prices vary by state. Options selected by customer. Availability and eligibility may vary.
0: Homeownership, a place to call your own, has created wealth for Coloradans throughout the years. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance understands the importance of home ownership. Karen Levine works tirelessly at the local, county, state, and national levels to protect your property rights. With nearly 30 years' experience as a Colorado realtor, Karen Levine will help you navigate the metro real estate market, whether you're buying your home, selling your home, considering a new build, or exploring investment properties. Call Karen at 303 877 7516. That's 303 877 7516 for answers to all your real estate needs.
2: You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Munson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's kim, M O N S O N.com.
1: And welcome back to The Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N. SON.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there and you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. Uh, wanted to get over here to a headline from the Epic Times and we've had Leslie Manukian on, on many times. She is the founder of Health Freedom Defense Fund. They're the ones that uh, file the lawsuit. Uh, to basically uh, get rid of masks on airplanes, and I find this remarkable. This is by Zachary Stiber over at the Epic Times. That the president, uh, President Joe Biden's administration, uh, in a court hearing on January 17, urged judges on a federal appeals court to overturn a ruling from a lower court that struck down the administration's airplane mask mandate. So what that means is, is Joe Biden wants to put masks on you again as you travel by plane. And uh, it says the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention had good cause, and that's in air quotes, to impose this mandate and bypass the notice and comment period required by the Administrative Procedure Act. Uh, Brian Springer, an attorney for the government, told judges of the U.S. Court of Appeals for the 11th Circuit. So we're going to have to get Leslie Mnookin on to see what she has to say about this, but oh my gosh, we've got the Biden administration in court arguing to put masks back on people. And uh, my friends, that's why we need to to stay vigilant on what is happening out there. But uh, our featured guest for this show is Trent Luce. He is a sixth generation farmer and rancher. And for the last 22 years, he has been informing people about the importance of food security and energy security that is produced by rural uh, rural colorado and rural america and we're r- we're seeing an assault on that through public policy uh, not only through the legislature and through the governor but also through the initiative process but uh, there's i think there's some things we can do about it but trent loose welcome to the show okay i think that steve you said that we had trent did we lose him okay Hold on, I can't hear him. So, uh, so anyway, I had the, uh, Trent and I. We finally met in person. I went out to the National Western on uh, Monday, and my gosh, there were people everywhere, and it was really, it was really fun to see uh, just families out there that were were getting an understanding of uh, rural America. So, do we have Steve? We have Trent now. Yes, we do. Trent Luce, welcome to the show.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm right.
8: I'm talking and you're not hearing me. I'm used to that. I'm talking and nobody's listening.
1: <laughs> well, I like to hear what you have to say, Trent Luce. And it was great to meet you in person on Monday.
8: That was a real pleasure. I, I, and thank you so much for coming to meet me at the stock show. And we didn't get enough time to kind of take in the stock show. I, I abandoned Colorado a little earlier than I'd planned on because the storm was coming in. So I got home last night at 10.30 and we're supposed to get a foot and a half here as well. It's just a a time of peril for livestock producers and small business owners. And you take it for granted until this winter blast hits you again, don't you?
1: Yeah, and yes, and it's good that you got out of town because it is, if you're traveling, it's uh, certainly of great concern, but it really is a life-giving snow. I have a question for you, Trent Luce. As you know, I grew up in rural Kansas, and every blizzard, it always seems like the cattlemen had calves that were being born in the middle of a blizzard. Why is that?
8: Well, that's a great topic, and and one that uh, I've had a lot of conversations about in the last week. Back in the day, when... Everybody had some cows. Everybody had a few pigs and maybe even milked a cow. They had some chickens. They had some row crops. People would historically breed their cows to calve in February and March, not because it was most conducive to the weather, but they wanted their calving season to be over before they started planting crops. Well, as we move into the new era where I don't think it's all good, but this is what we've done, we've specialized, you now have cattlemen who are cattlemen year-round, and they maybe don't grow and plant crops and do things like we used to. But we're such traditionalists that we never moved off of that notion that we start calving in February and we get it over with. There's two parts of this. The other part of it is we actually start calving May 1st. And my I, I trend on the loose segment, which aired yesterday, it speaks to this in volumes, they, the, the cooks leaving Tester County, Nebraska, they start calving May 1st as well because it's just the most conducive to minimizing problems and not dealing with that weather like you just identified. But the other challenge to that is that when you start calving in May, May 1, those animals are bred in July. Well, July is a very tough time for conception and things like that because it can be hot. So I want to add one other little antidote. And this was one of the most fascinating experiences of my life. I got a phone call in 1999 from a guy in in, uh, Alaska who wanted to, he didn't want to, but he had been hired as a contractor to get 1,500 head of cows off of an island that had been there since 1850. The Russians put them there in 1850. And this island, 200 miles southwest of Zodiac Island, never freezes because it's out in the island. And there's so many things I could talk about and how I've learned about what we do in stockmanship and Animal Husband or kin. But the one thing I wanted to bring up, those cows, without any human intervention for t- nearly 200 years, all calved in the month of May. I could see it because I was in there in May and I was in there in October. They calved in the month of May, so it was like their natural cycle. To, to And that's because that's when the weather is just most conducive, but Otherwise, they die. I mean, that's evolution of the the fittest, right? And so, that so that's a long answer to your question on why cattlemen have calves when it's snowing.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember every year it seemed like they... Cattlemen were out there in blizzards uh, taking care of their animals. And with that, you know what, I'm going to just, I forgot to do the quote of the day. And so I'm going to do that since you're on the line, because I found this quote, and you may, I bet you probably did know this guy. His name was Ike Skelton, and he was an American politician and lawyer who served as the U.S. representative for Missouri's 4th Congressional District from 1977 to 2011 and he served as the chairman of the House Armed Services Committee there and he says um he's born in 1931 he died in 2013 and he said this he said in fact because of their connection to the land farmers do more to protect and preserve our environment than almost anyone else they are some of the best environmentalists around and i thought i pulled that quote because i thought that was very appropriate for what you do on a consistent basis uh, uh trent
8: I'm actually very fortunate to have had a meeting with Ike Skelton once. So that's very fitting.
1: Well, and uh, so let's go to break. On the line with me is Trent Luce, and you can find him at Beck T V, that's B-E-K-T-V, or Luce Media's, uh, LuceTalesMedia.com. Uh, we're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll continue talking about food security, energy security. Those are things we've taken for granted, but they are certainly uh, in the crosshairs right now of public policy. So stay tuned. We'll be right back.
4: What do Albert Einstein, Thomas Edison, and Nikola Tesla have in common? None of these men graduated from college, but each of them had enormous intellectual curiosity. Scientist Dr. James Lyons Weiler is creating a new kind of educational model for the busy intellectually curious. IPAC EDU. Classes are affordable and interactive, and experts in each of their fields, with courses in biology, philosophy, analytics, health and wellness, political science, chemistry regenerative science and psychology there is a spring 2023 course for you dash over to ipacedu.org ipac.edu.org for more information and to register that's ipac-edu.org
2: Three Points Financial, a comprehensive, fee-only, financial and tax-focused company, considers all pieces of a client's financial life. There are no sales or commissions involved, and all advice is fiduciary, putting the client first. Mary Albers and Steve Cruz, co-owners of Three Points Financial, take time to work with you regarding decisions that affect your financial present and future. Whatever is happening in our world and with our economy, you have financial goals that matter. And Three Points Financial offers personal, real-time plans for savings, retirement, investments, and taxes, both tax efficiency and preparation. There is no better time than now to focus on your financial situation. If you are interested in learning more, contact threepointsfinancial.com to schedule a no-obligation introductory call. That's threepointsfinancial.com. No matter how you define it, inflation is out of control. Increasing prices at the gas pump and grocery stores are hurting everyday people. All these challenges we face are preventable. Again, help Kim by contributing at KimMunson.com. That's monso dot com.
1: And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there, and you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. On the line with me is Trent Luce. You can find him at B-E-K, that's Beck TV, as well as Luce, L-O-O-S, Tales, T-A-L-E-S, media.com. Trent um it's so important um, that we have these conversations about our energy cer- security and our food security. And you and I had a long conversation on Monday. Colorado is truly in trouble. And uh, it's because of public policy. Uh, and it's been ongoing for for some time. We can get this turned around, but uh, I know you're concerned about Colorado.
8: I am very concerned about Colorado. And, uh, you know, I had another discussion about the Suncor plant, which is shut down apparently indefinitely, hopefully back at open in, in February in Colorado, producing electricity, or not electricity, but oil and the, the fuel that we need. And I don't know if you caught this or not, but yesterday, Kim, 150,000 barrel a 150,000-barrel-a-day oil plant from Phillips 66. I don't know if it was an explosion, but there was a massive fire and uh, six of their employees are hurt. So our first concern is to the health and wellness of those six employees that were caught up in a fire in a oil refinery in Texas. But incrementally, over a long period of time, we have seen a tremendous crippling of the infrastructure of, as we've been talking about, food, but also energy. It's coming right along with that. At the same time, as we have allowed our electric grid to be so vulnerable, and we demonized the reliable sources. And that plant in Texas I mentioned yesterday was a huge producer of natural gas as well as sweet crude, but natural gas, nuclear, and coal have been our reliable sources of energy. They've been attacked, they've been demonized, and we're not utilizing them to the fullest extent anymore, and it is going to cause some pain and hardship for folks very quickly.
1: Well, in the SunCor plant, uh, that was a a fire as well, and as you mentioned, it's been closed down. Hopefully, back back up in February. But that uh, that affects not only the price, but the availability of reliable, efficient, affordable, and abundant energy. And you and I have talked about it. it's just curious that we have seen these fires at food, food production plants as well as at these fineries, refineries. It's just extremely curious, Trent Luce.
8: There's another curious aspect. Two weeks ago in the state of Illinois, there was a plant that produces, I won't give you the chemical name, but it produces a chemical that basically protects our water supply and it's like pool shock. That's, a, that's just a common term that everybody would understand. 50% of the na- nation's water treatment comes from the products produced out of this plant in Illinois, Then you're never going to guess what happened to that plant two weeks ago. What? Had a fire. How is it that we continue to have these key components for essentials of life that have there are fires? And, and here's the thing. I think so many people here, you and I talk about this, and they're like, oh, well, you know, that's just one thing. What, what, What's the baseline? How many fires do we normally have? Well, we don't have fires at this level. And it's like the, the frog in the boiling water. We're, we're incrementally losing this infrastructure for these essentials of life that we have come to rely on. That infrastructure is being destroyed one day at a time and over a period of time. It's going to catch up to us. I I had this conversation with another friend of mine in Colorado while I was in Denver. People are shocked to know that in 2022, we actually refined and had an elevated level of crude oil. We we shut down exploration, and the policies were shutting down exploration and, and looking for oil on federal lands. But the refiners of this nation did a phenomenal job. We produced a record amount of natural gas. The Nordstrom line between Russia and the UK blew up, just coincidentally, kind of the same kind of thing we're talking about here, very curiously. But we started exporting natural gas to the UK like we have never exported before. We have the production of the energy that was needed. We had it in 2022, but we continued to see an erosion of these catastrophic events that was shutting down that infrastructure. That's what people need to pay attention to and ask the right people to say, hey, what's going on here and what do we do about it?
1: Right. Well, and because of the environmental movement, uh, we've not built a new refinery in the United States, I think, since the late 70s. Is that correct?
8: 1979 was the last oil refinery built.
1: It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that this is going to be a problem, that we have more people and uh, we have the resources uh, to uh, help them uh, go after their American dream, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. We have the resources, but because of public policy, they want to keep it in the ground. They want to keep it from being refined. So we've got that issue. And then this whole fire thing is, is just... It's just super curious. I'm just going to say that. Um, I want to change gears just a little bit, Trent. I had a a listener, Leon, that had called, and he's a senior citizen, and he was talking about canned. You know, there's canned fish. High end, high end canned fish. Um, why is there not high-end canned meat? He said that that would be very convenient for uh, seniors that and very nutritious. Why is there not more high-end canned meat? So I told him I would ask you that question.
8: So, I don't excuse. Me, I don't actually know the answer to the question. I think it's because the fresh meats have been so available, and you know, Fish is, is more of a, I mean, we we live in the center part of the nation. It's a little tougher to find fish than it is the meats and beef and pork. So I think it's fresh availability. But it's a great question because my mother-in-law, Elsie Kieber, she's 83 years old. She cans beef every year. And I had the most amazing, you should have stayed for the Piedmontese meeting Monday night because we had the most amazing Prime rib that maybe I've ever eaten.
1: Oh man, I'm sorry to miss it.
8: Well, that was my bad. I should have, that's Kim, you know, you should just stay and go to this meeting and eat at least.
9: <laughs> but
8: uh, I'm just, uh, you know, and there are so many places in Denver where you can get high quality beef. I gotta be honest, my mother, my mother in law, cans beef puts it in a storm cellar, and we will go in there however long it is. It doesn't matter. Sometimes it may be two years, whatever time frame it is. And you eat that canned beef. I don't care where it came from on the beef animal. It is as amazing of an eating experience as you can get with the highest dollar steak. And you know it has to do with setting in its own juices over a period of time in a storm cellar to the right temperature. And you're spot on. The color your collection is spot on because... The shelf life, I mean, it will last as long as that seal is there. And and that certainly could be one of the answers to food availability and preservation.
1: Yeah, it is a a good question. I've got a a story on that, Trent. My uh, grandparents were in Kansas on a farm in the the Dirty 30s, so during the Dust Bowl. And my grandfather was a very gentle soul. And they ended up, um, selling the farm and moving into town. And he, he was a butcher and they had a little market and, you know, just as a kid, I just had access to fabulous beef. So I, I love beef, but he told a story that they had, um, they had had a a beef that they had slaughtered and, uh, they had canned the meat and they put it in the storm cellar and they had gone to town and they came back and somebody had stolen all, all of their beef and, Mm -hmm. I, I And I, I said, well, what did you do? He said, well, we were, it was a pretty hungry winter. But then he said, but I, and he he thinks he knew who did it. And he said, but I think that they needed it more than we did. And that was just kind of his his soul. He was just a, a very gentle soul, Trent.
8: Yeah. That reminds me of the uh, pickup trailer and pigs that were stolen this week at the National Western and I was told just before I left, they actually had found them. I think maybe a homeless person stole that trailer. And what was missing was a very small number of items, and they believed what happened, that they were rummaging around in the pickup and then heard the pigs in the trailer had no idea there was actually something in the trailer got, start- got startled and ran.
1: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's amazing.
8: So Pigs may have saved the day. <laughs>
1: Man, oink oink. So, uh, hey, yeah, let's uh, let's exactly. go. To, can, can you stay on uh, until the top of the hour in case we have callers? And I have uh, something else I wanted to ask you about as well. Or, what does uh, your schedule look like today? I'm all yours. Okay, that is just great. So, we're going to go to break. On the line with me is Trent Loose. Uh, but before we do that. <clears throat> I uh, just want to mention the USMC Memorial Foundation, Paula Sarles and her team. And Paula is the president of the USMC Memorial Foundation. She is a Marine veteran. She is also a Vietnam veteran, Gold Star wife. And it's a remarkable place as it is. It was uh, dedicated in 1977. Uh, But it's time for a remodel. And as we talk about America, it's so important to honor those that have given their lives, or been willing to give their lives for our freedom. And it is so important that we... Uh, talk about the, this, this idea and freedom and the assault on that. I'm so thrilled to have Trent Luce on the line. But, uh, to help out the USMC Memorial Foundation or to buy a brick for one of the, their walkways of service, go to usmcmemorialfoundation.org and that brick you can honor your, your military service or your loved one's military service. That is usmcmemorialfoundation.org. We'll be right back. I want to hear from you, 303-477-5600. And also Trent Luce is going to stay on the line. We'll be right back.
6: every family needs a healthcare team that has your child's best interest as the priority and roots medical is proud to offer exactly that at roots medical we strive to empower and educate both parent and child about the importance of gut health how to implement healthy changes in the home and of course all of the benefits that come with a fully optimized immune system same day and sickness appointments are available and easy to schedule for more information, visit rootsmedical.net. That's R-O-O-T-S medical.net. Roots Medical, getting to the root of your healthcare concerns. Finding a
3: firearm or training course can be intimidating for anyone, especially when you're new at it. Franktown has everything you need to get started or to improve with a firearm. Franktown is a family-friendly gun store and are invested in the success of their customers, no matter what your age, gender, or experience level is. Franktown sells firearms and ammo at or below MSRP, has an indoor range on site, and offers tactical and safety training. Franktown Firearms is always a safe and easygoing environment Environment For all customers, come to Franktown for a comfortable, no pressure experience when shopping or learning about your firearm with approachable experts dedicated to your development as the owner of a firearm. Franktown Firearms has everything you need to get started and or to improve on any background experience. Visit klzradio.com slash franktown to schedule your firearms training today or find more information at franktownfirearms.com. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made.
1: And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. Would love to hear from you. 303-477-5600. 303-477-5600. And a shout out to Leon that had that question about uh, canning meat, canning beef. And uh, Trent Luce had a great answer on that. So Trent Luce, I know you're staying on the line. And I've got uh, something very curious that happened. I got this press release from one of our listeners out on the um Eastern Plains. Thank you, Janie. And uh, uh, this was uh, issued yesterday by Senator Rod Pelton and Senator Byron Pelton. And they said, after listening to the governor's state of the state address this morning, both my cousin and I were in dismay at the lack of importance given to our agricultural sector. Now, to the governor Polis's credit, he did include one point about water, where he highlighted the importance of water to our great state of Colorado and to agriculture. But they went on to say it may be the first time in history that the governor of Colorado did not mention or at least allude to the importance of our agricultural industry. The state of the state is a speech that is planned and reviewed by many members of the governor's team. So we can only assume that this was no accident, but a direct insult made at the rural communities of Colorado. They say they represent the entire eastern plains. We feel the need to point out that agricultural agriculture is indeed the second biggest economic driver for Colorado. Trent Luce, this governor. You know, had uh, dictated a few years ago a meet-out day, which the response to that was remarkable by Coloradans. But the State of the State um, address, not to even mention our second biggest economic driver in Colorado. What do you think about that, Trent?
8: Well, first of all, we've forgotten that food production is a means of national security and we talk about energy, we talk about food production. If we cannot keep the lights on, if we cannot produce the food that we need domestically, particularly when we have the resources, we are vulnerable. Colorado has these resources, and to not continue to find a way to innovate, produce more, and make available more to not only Colorado, but to the other residents of this nation with the resources that are available, it's literally flying in the face of the national security. You cannot talk about national security if you don't put food and energy at the top of the list. But, Kim, Governor Polis comes at this from a thought process, which is exactly what you were talking about with the oil refineries. We made a a conscious decision in 1979 not to build any more oil refineries because it's a dirty business. We'll just allow somebody else to do that, and we'll buy the product. Governor Polis subscribes to that same theory that we don't want to use these resources in Colorado to produce food. We'll just allow some other country to produce the food and bring it in here, and then we can continue to recreate and do whatever we want in Colorado. That is a flawed system. It's never worked in the course of history, and it makes no sense whatsoever to pursue it in today's world because lives will be lost as a result of it.
1: Uh, absolutely. Uh, hold on here, Trent. Uh, Chris, Chrissy, and Denver. What's what's on your radar?
9: Hi. I first of all wanted to thank you for bringing up the Dick Bottoms nonsense. Oh yes. And I would keep I would keep pounding on that like at least once a week, so nobody ever forgets it, including him. And then I also wanted to thank um, Natalie Minton for her work on. Giving us all information on local, municipal uh,
1: races. A- absolutely. And uh, th- thank you. Anything else, Chrissy? And I will address that.
9: Yeah, there there are a couple things more. Um, as far as the eggs, I think the whole reason that went through was because they were really worried there's been abuses in, and probably Mr. Luce could speak to this, there's been abuses in the corporate. Part of that. So, what I would suggest is maybe you could get Mr. Luce on board to help us, even though it's a Colorado thing and he's out of state. And exempt home chickens and small—I don't know—figure it out. Mr. Luce would have the expertise. Small farms and target it. If we're going to repeal it, we repeal it for the home. Farmers and we repeal it for the small farmers and we target it towards corporate farmers and we put those assholes out of business so that our small farms can come back. And then the other thing is on the term limits, I would combine getting the eggs repealed with the term limits. And I think you're on the right track with don't do it for electeds because you're right. We're supposed to kick their asses out with our ballots and go for the bureaucrats because we have scary scary problems on the bureaucrat side so combine the two i don't care whether you do it you know however you want to do it and then i might even get on board and you'll want me on board because i am you know a bitch and i'll get the job done thanks well trent um first of all
1: um Chrissy has a very mild-mannered voice, but she clearly listens to the show on a regular basis. There's a lot of different issues there uh and um i think uh regarding the the comment regarding Dick Watts this is a republican strategist for a former state gop chair who uh has really gone after the grassroots both in print and on other radio shows and uh i i had um, uncovered that he'd actually received money to support that terrible proposition 123 the affordable which is subsidized housing uh initiative that passed so there's that issue um uh, Chrissy, to your point on the home chickens, they the smaller producers are exempt from this um, House Bill uh, 1343. But, Trent, you and I kicked around this idea of getting that, uh, Senate, uh, let's see, House Bill 20, 1343, that chicken bill uh, repe- um, repealed. And I, I would love to see if we could get wings on that, uh, Trent Luce.
8: I think that's a perfect analogy to get wings because we, we never needed to fly. Uh, The only thing I want to take issue with Chrissy on is is that I I do not think this is a big versus small issue. This is an attack on the infrastructure of food production, and we need large producers, and we need small producers, and we need everybody working together to provide whatever level of stockmanship that we can to the birds. And I'm not own. We have a small flock, but I've owned... With significant number of animals and cared for one million in my lifetime and what i find is that in the larger facilities you have the ability to adopt technologies that you can spread out over a larger number of animals i'll give you case in point nobody wants to talk about in the pig business stalls in a gestation stall i currently do not have stalls in a gestation stall but i've missed the days when i did because the sows are so much more content. They don't have to worry about other sows being so mean to them. And the same thing exists with the chickens. We need the chicken farmer to determine what is the best measure of enabling the proper level of welfare for those animals, because if that animal is stressed, they're not going to produce at the same level that they will if they live in a stress-free life. And so the farmer decides how to minimize the stress so the animal, in this case, it's so the chicken will lay more eggs. It's that simple. What we're opposed to is the people sitting in cubicles in the state capitol in Denver deciding how somebody taking care of chickens needs to provide animal care and well-being. That's what's wrong. <laughs>
1: Um, Yes. And when I reread that uh, that piece of legislation that was signed by Governor Polis on July 1st in 2020, but didn't take effect until after uh, until 2023. Uh, we're talking about curious things. I just found that was very curious because that was after his re-election bid for governor. Uh, people of character, if they're going to pass legislation and sign legislation, people of character would stand by what they're doing. But that is not the case of what's happening in Colorado. Uh, Trent Luce we're going to have you on regularly, and uh, I do find it, Chrissy. I could I could hear she's she's ready to really I think fight and reclaim Colorado, this Colorado that we love. Uh, so I do appreciate that. Thank you. Um, We've got a couple of minutes left. Trent, how would you like to finish up this show?
8: Well, there is actually a success story from Denver yesterday, and I I think that everybody needs to know what took place, and everybody needs to know what our path forward is. And the Colorado Cattlemen, they had their annual meeting. I, I wasn't able to attend, but I've got some pictures, because yesterday at noon, they recognized Morgan County Sheriff Dave Martin, as the law enforcement official of the year, and the reason Robert Farnham told me personally, he's the current president. He said we have a sheriff in Morgan County that understands the Constitution and did what he could with his authority to protect the, the citizens of Morgan County from all this nonsense that we saw take place in in Denver and the capital, and the mandates and shutting down businesses. And Sheriff Morgan did not cave, excuse me Sheriff Martin in Morgan County did not cave to any of that. He understands the Constitution and we need more counties to stand up and recognize their sheriff when it's, when it's worthy and due that they have a constitutional sheriff and they're going to go forward in protecting the citizens from enemies foreign and domestic.
1: Trent Luce, that's uh, going to be very important as uh, from what I hear of some of the legislation regarding the rights of people to carry firearms or have firearms to protect themselves and their families here in Colorado. So these constitutional sheriffs, it's going to be very, very important. So Trent Luce, uh, so great to to get to finally meet you in person. And it was fun to go out to the National Western and just see all of these families out there that were getting a a, a new understanding of our rural life. and how important our food security and our energy security is to everyday people being able to go after their hopes and dreams. So, Trent, we'll talk to you next Wednesday. I'm glad that you made it home safely.
8: I am too. Thanks, Kim. Can't wait to see you again.
1: Okay, and we'll talk with Trent Luce next Wednesday. Uh, Our quote for the end of the show is is from Marcus Tullius Cicero, and he said this. He said, the diligent farmer plants trees of which he himself will never see the fruit. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America be young like a-